0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 266. There's a victory Thursday night after the the Knicks went into Bean Town and uh, shit on Be- Bill Simmons's life and uh, killed all of the uh, you know uh, the hopes and dreams of Celtics fans everywhere. Three game uh, with- losing streak. Yes, uh, with a 120 to 117 overtime victory that they had won and then they had lost and then they won again and then they lost again, but then they won again and it was all kinds of fucked up. But before we get into all of that and more, I do have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has a Patreon. But before we talk about the Patreon, we also need you to know that the Strickland has an Instagram. Please subscribe to it, it is at thestrick.land on Instagram. We are putting out all kinds of new content on there. Please check it out. Please give us a follow. It will be a big help. We also have a YouTube channel where you may be watching this very podcast, uh, getting a look at my my growing beard that certainly has no gray hair in it. Uh, but if you are watching on the YouTube, do us a favor. Hit like on the video. And if you already haven't, please hit subscribe and subscribe to our channel. We put out a bunch of videos. Prez sometimes when he's not feeling lazy, does like some X's and O's analysis. So does Dallas. Uh all the pods are on there, so it would be a big help. And you get to watch us. So please do that. Finally, the Strickland does have a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of tiers. There's a six dollar tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this pod that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland mailbag that comes out every other week that is hosted by Andrew Steele, aka Doug, aka the Doug Bag as well as Dallas Amico. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Earl, by solo pod, where I rant and rave about the next even more. You also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's fifteen dollars tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, $100 tier. This comes with a variety of additional benefits, like listening on a pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not. None of this would be possible without you. So, without further ado, let's get started. Um, I guess all you know. I'll just I'll say this. I don't. I. You're never gonna. Nobody's gonna coach a perfect game. And Lord knows Tibbs did not coach a perfect game. Um, but I do think he coached a pretty damn good game. And yes, is there still weird things he does with like his? You know, like he's quickly will play 30 minutes but it's like two stints of 15 minutes and yes he does a lot of weird strange things that i don't agree with but if you look at this box score tonight okay um and you know look i think we've spent a lot of time on here criticizing tips so it's only fair to give him credit when i think he coached a pretty good game and you know look you went you went to overtime you got 37 minutes for Julius, 36 for Sims. Shout out Sims, who played a monster game, I thought. Both him and Hardenstein. I actually thought he played really well. Um, and, like,
1: I'm going to just plant the flag. I thought in overtime and the end of the fourth quarter, Sims was awful. But we can get to that later.
0: Yeah, we're going to get to that because you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> Jericho Sims played 36 minutes. Jalen Brunson played 40 minutes. RJ Barrett played 40 minutes. Quentin Grimes, 38. And then off the bench, you had Obi Toppin for 16. Amazingly, 16 minutes early Obi Toppin. Let's fucking throw a party. Uh, Hartenstein, 17. Deuce, 13. Quickly, 28. Again, is this perfect? Is this exactly what I wish for? No, but you're not going to get exactly what you wish for ever, really, by any coach. Um, I think you have to take... You know, what's that saying? Don't let perfect be the enemy of good? I thought this was pretty good, and I thought uh Early in the game, I was pretty worried because they were just getting open three after open three after open
1: three. How how was the first? Because I like I'm not even like I turned it on literally the beginning of the second, so I don't I don't know like
0: they they started off super hot. I think they got out to a 22 to seven lead. They got a oh wow they had a bunch of threes. I mean Tatum was also cooking, but they got a bunch of threes, open threes. Um, and I I would say by like midway, th- I would say like after the first time out, he took um the defense for the rest of the game for the most part. Like, look, Boston's gonna stress you because they're just a really good defense and Tatum and Brown are dynamic shot creators. But like, I thought for the most part, the Knicks did a great job. They were, I didn't think that the, that Boston was able to get clean for a barrage of open threes. Uh, I thought they made life pretty hard for Tatum and Brown respectively, as much as you can,
1: can do. I mean, you Um, you hold them to 41, 35 and 117 overall in overtime when they're like, one of the yeah. better offenses of ever. <laughs> that's that's right. pretty good. Yeah, I'm they am not a mathematician, job. but that's solid. Yeah.
0: Yep, they did a good job, and I, I think Tibbs actually like whatever adjustments he pulled out of his ass in that timeout. Uh, not only did he make the right adjustments, but he got the guys to execute it because uh, they, again they they run all these actions at the top of this at the top of the key. They put a shit ton of stress on your perimeter defenders, not just to to because it's not about just defending your man. You're gonna have to switch. You're gonna have to communicate. And I thought for the most part, the Knicks did that. So um, I just wanted to start off by saying that I thought Tom Thibodeau coached a very good game. And um, I would say this is the second game in a row where I thought, for the most part, I was pretty happy with not just the minutes, but also just the general adjustments he made in the rotations. So, um, yeah, I'll let you guys, I guess, Prez, what do you what do you think about all that?
1: Um, yeah, I I just jumped into the game in the second quarter, like I mentioned, and the first thing that, just, I tweeted about it. That leapt off the screen was the second unit was fucking flying, like, like, like if they were only allowed to play fast breaks <laughs> and not allowed to do like slow half court stuff ever. So,
0: they, to, to his credit, they've been playing fast for like the last. Again, they started playing faster mm. again for the last like three or four games. So maybe that's an adjustment he's
1: made. I I think it is because I I'd even noticed it with Brunson a little bit. Um, not not quite as much as the second unit unit which is super frenetic when they're running, but um I mean that in a good way. But like up until the fourth, which we'll get to, that Brunson was not always, but you saw him push the ball up and my metric is I'll usually check what time the ball crosses half court. And if it's like twenty three or twenty two on the shot clock, that that means they're getting over pretty fast. If it's twenty or twenty one, then it's like eh and I did this last year <laughs> just for comparison, so people know. Last year it was regularly, they crossed at like 1920 all the time. So we've come, we've come quite a long way. Um, that stood out. Um, Boston makes life hard with a lot of their moving around and flying around, and everybody's gonna like you have to be ready for anybody to just chuck it up at any given moment, which means like like they have a couple of guys who can drive and because they're so ready to just chuck from 3 and they're good shooters then they, it it's like it's like a pitcher who throws 100 miles an hour like five times a game throwing an 85 mile an hour changeup that's not even that good but like just because they throw 100 miles an hour like you're going to buckle the knees of the hitter even if the changeup sucks so like they'll be able to steal some points in the paint like that um i mean obviously Tatum and Brown can drive but like other guys like Brogdon who He's fast, but, you know, not not the best finisher or anything, but um, their their offense is just really good is what I'm trying to say, and then it, it was really nice, like, I think, what did they have, 60 in the first half?
0: Yeah, and 60, then, but 30, and then, 34 in the first quarter.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. and then in this, in the second half, the communication, and not even the communication, but just the timing became really good, like. One thing that I I always think is really difficult against good teams is to have good shooting and make it hard to double because they can hit open shooters is like knowing exactly when to leave your guy. You got to wait and to the right, like 0.001 seconds and then just leave your guy. But if you leave too late, then you won't affect the shot. And if you leave too early, they'll make the pass. And like guys like Tatum and Brown will blow by RJ and Julius and it's not even their fault. They're just good. So the help defense has to be perfectly timed. And then the rotations after that have to be timed. And the Knicks were nailing a lot of that. I mean, they still got some open threes, but like I was really impressed with that second half. I didn't watch the the Cleveland game. I wasn't able to, um, but so I don't know how their defense compared to that game, but in the second half versus Boston, that, I was super impressed like deuce and 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 it made it was even more impressive to me because in a lot of ways like Tatum and Brown are kind of a nightmare for the Knicks defenders because we don't have those tall wings Even,
0: even like fucking like Brogdon's big Derek White's big.
1: Oh my god Brunson was posting up Brogdon. In one possession, and I was I like, he, This he might as able- well be like two sumo wrestlers like fighting for the mat. Like, I he, was like, Damn, I don't know who's gonna win here. <laughs> he must, like, he must have some personal
0: grudge against Brogdon because he was like really going after him for a little bit there. He's probably like, Brogdon has one all star appearance, yeah. and I don't. What is yes. this? And he also clearly has zero respect for Derek White. I gotta say that. He, like, as soon as he saw him in the, in the second and third quarter, he was just like,
1: This is food. Yeah, that's is just, probably this that's probably joke. why Derek White headbutted him.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> just like this is a joke.
1: Jeff, what do you think?
2: Yeah, um, I think, prez, you brought up a great point with um, bringing the ball up quicker, like crossing half court. And for the past like couple of years, that's always been like a problem with me. And I don't know if that's because like I like Julius brought it up like probably fifty percent of the time instead yes, of that like. That is it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It was so you're seeing a lot more of just Jalen Brunson grabbing it and bringing it up himself. Um, Even seeing like Julius defer and even just, it's almost like out of his head and he just like sprints up the court now for the most part tonight when he, or there are times when he gets hot and then he's almost like, you know, I I actually want the ball now to bring it up and I'm in a groove kind of thing. Right. But for the most part this year, he's been great at letting Jalen take over or start it, bring the ball up. And like you said, it really has accelerated the offense, um, especially as of late. And then, the, yeah, the defensive part, Schwinn, you brought up, and like with the switching, the first couple of minutes were brutal. I think like what, it, we were down eight or so yeah. like with the first three minutes, not even.
0: They went down, we were down 15 at one point. I think it was 22 to seven. One
2: point in yeah. the first. So I think like the second quarter just started clicking. Yeah, there were a lot more rotations going. Um getting closer, better defense, like um in, into the guys, you know, um into their shooters. So um and Julius was just on fire. Um he was incredible in the first quarter. And then all of a sudden you didn't see him until two minutes into the second, I think, or something like that, right? Okay. Or was that in the third quarter when like it was no, it was it was in, in this second, was, like right? he let yeah.
0: he let OB go for I think about eight or yeah. nine minutes in the second quarter. So yeah, which
2: felt which felt nice. It felt good. Yeah. It actually like seemed to benefit Julius in the third quarter. He didn't seem he didn't seem to have dead legs to start it. And dead legs.
1: This motherfucker was jumping out the gym. Oh, I know. He, it, no, I know. it benefited him for sure down the stretch. Like he,
0: you could see that. it at the end of the game. But yeah, I mean, he had that dunk on Tatum in the third quarter. That was great. But yeah,
1: sorry, go ahead. I want to talk about those dunks real quick because not only does he look springy. The last, like, month, it feels like, it feels like he's discovering new angles to dunk. Like, I hate bringing him up on this podcast. I know he's persona non grata. But, you know, when John Morant gets a lot of these posters, he gets them because he jumps and, like, dunks sideways at the rim. So it makes it harder to defend. And Julius's second dunk was like that. The poster over Tatum. And then... He had another dunk, I don't remember if it was the last game or the game before that, but like he's just he's doing these side side of the hoop dunks now, and he's realizing like just like you can hit layups at weird angles, you can also fucking dunk on people with weird angles when you're that strong. So uh unexpected cool micro scale development for Julius.
0: I mean, I actually so one, I want everybody on the team training with Julius in the offseason, and he can hook them up with the good the good drugs that he that he found this summer. Uh, the good HGH and all that stuff. They all that, need to get that on that. 2009
1: A-Rod, good stuff.
0: Yeah, the Balco, the Balco <laughs> hidden stash that's still out there somewhere. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but like, I mean, look, Jer- Jericho worked out with him this summer too, and like, I mean, look, Jericho obviously already, fuck it, already, whatever, like a 150th percentile athlete or something. Um, but yeah, no, in all seriousness, like, I don't know what happened to him last year. I really don't. Like, I, and I don't think we'll ever know what the hell happened. Uh, some of it was mental. I think some of it was physical. Like, he looked tired at so many points last year. Not just tired, but, like, without the... Like, it was like he didn't have the energy to play well, and then he would just get angry about everything and everyone... And it's just was like this negative cycle. They talked about it in the TNT broadcast today, and they talked about it on MSG earlier this year about how he's like doing whatever the hell that is, like yoga. I, don't, I honestly don't know what it is. Some mental kind of concentration. Whatever exercise. yoga the kids
1: are doing these yeah, days. Yeah, he's he's doing some kind of like of mental. Yeah, whatever he's doing. Yeah.
0: Okay, I don't know, and yeah. hopefully I didn't offend anybody by saying. You can. That.
1: You, he's definitely he's definitely in a better place, and yeah. and the giveaway is like. I mean, he still has times where he's very exasperated on the court, but like last year and the year before, when he shoots free throws at the end of games, you could see facial expressions where he was trying to be calm, but you could just see the nerves, and sometimes that happens this year, but today, for example, when he knocked down his two, um, maybe it's because he had a good shooting day um, the rest of the game before that, but it, he just looked like somebody who, like Brunson, who's just, you know, he might as well be shooting at 2 p.m. on in the middle of practice. Like, it's not a big deal.
0: Yeah, and and I think, like, you know, look, again, I don't know what it was, but, you know, you talked about his exas- exasperation. He'll still get exasperated with his with teammates, right? But, like, the difference this year is it doesn't, it's, like, in the moment, and then it's done. Like, it's not, Yeah. you know, like that, what was it, the game against Toronto on Sunday He's screaming at Evan out of a timeout. They're both yelling at each other. But, like, look, whatever you want to say about his performance that day and the team and they lost, whatever. But, like, I didn't watch the rest of that game thinking, like, oh, Julius is in his own head now. Like, he's just fucking going, you know, he's just spiraling. No, he he hasn't had these, like, endless downward spirals. Um, And that's what last season felt like. It just felt like one continuous downward spiral.
1: Um, There's a lot of, like, I don't know how to put it. It's almost... Like, release valves. Like, if the pressure's building, then Bunsen can handle it for a little bit. Or sometimes RJ or IQ. And and I really think that goes a long way um, just for his own sanity. And and we forget the X's and O's and those guys getting him better shots because that's a part of it, too. But just you, last year and the year before, you just knew it was all on him. We all knew. We didn't want it to be that way, (laughs) but it was what it was. And he knew that, and we knew that, and he knew that we knew. But this year, uh, we've seen him go stretches where he's both demanding the ball and also stretches where he's just kind of chilling, being the decoy, and crashing the boards and all that. Um, And more often than not, regardless of which mode he's in, he ends up with, like, 30 points these days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and I just think, um, like whatever it is that that there was like this manic energy about him last year. And I even thought at the start of this year, there was still that there. It was still there. And I, you know, this is probably something where like the mindfulness stuff that he's doing, all those things like you can do it, but like it take it, it's it's like practicing a jump shot, right? Like you can practice it all summer, but applying it in real time in the situations that you need it in still takes time. And maybe that was something where like the stuff that he's working on over the summer in terms of the mental side of things, like it, it's not going to yield those results instantly. But I think it's, it's, it's hard to say whatever it is that he's doing, whatever his causes change, he should, it, it's had the, the desired effect because he is playing at a better level than I think. I think it's better than he did his all NBA season. Um, I feel like he's exhibiting leadership in a way that, it feels a lot more genuine i don't know how to put that i, I don't know if that sounds bad but like well it feels like he's not pretending like, especially with the way last yeah like well like especially with the way last season went it was hard not to look back at that season and been like so that was that all just like like an act like were you just acting like that guy um i don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie boiler room but there's this whole speech that ben affleck gives where he's like act as if Act as if you've got like a 30 inch dick. And <laughs> I'm like, what? What? Um, but like, Julius is not, he's not acting like a leader now. He's actually doing leader things. You know, Benji had that really good video that he uh, posted today on the KFS account um, of like RJ fucking up, Julius being exasperated. And then out of the timeout, Randall made the play that RJ didn't make by kicking it out to RJ on that next play. Um, and like, shit like that. That is leader. That's leadership. Like, that. that's that's actual leadership. And, you know, I, I've, I'm i impressed. I'm sure you remember this last year. We talked about this all the time. we like, I was so pissed off, and I'd listen to his post-game press conferences, and they'd be like, you know, what's, like, ha- they would asking him about his personal struggles, and then he would take that question and turn it into, like, well, we got to do this better. And I'm like, no, no, fuck we. Like, you, you got to do this better. Uh, but this year, it's actually the opposite. Like, there was that game against Chicago that we blew. And I didn't even think Julius did anything really down the stretch of that game to bow it, but in the post-game press conference, he put it on himself, right? He said, oh, I got to get that rebound and, you know, I've got to be better. And like, do I think maybe seeing Brunson do that stuff early in the season sets an example for him? Maybe. But like at the end of the day, he is making those type of like comments, which speak well upon him taking ownership of, the fate of the team, really, in a way, and um, putting that onus on himself. So he deserves all the credit for that. And then obviously, you just get to his play, and it's like, I mean, you look at the score tonight, he had 37 points on 13 of 25 shooting, five of 13 from three, nine rebounds, two assists. Um, I mean, look, Tatum played a great game. I think I, I would say Julius flat out outplayed him. I thought he was the best player on the floor tonight. And um, does that mean he's a better player than Tatum? No, but when you have a guy that can take a, I mean, what is That's like a, solid A-minus game from Tatum, B-plus, A-minus game from Tatum. And you have a guy that can match that on a given night? Like, I don't know. It says a lot about the way he's playing. Um, so, look, I, I've shit on the guy a lot, so it's only right to uh, to own that. Hold my hand up, say I was wrong. Tyrese was right. Sad day in the history of the Strickland when I have to admit this. Um, and Julius, look, he's turned it around. I know there are still people that don't like the way he plays and all this thing. Don't trust him in the playoffs. And okay. I get that. But like, you can feel that way, but you really can't look at this and now be like, well, this isn't like, Oh, he's just playing better. This is, he's playing at a career best level. And he's now doing this. There's no excuses, right? This is not an empty COVID year. This is not like, this is, he's doing it in pretty much normal circumstances. He's dealing with the media. He's dealing with the reporters. He's dealing with fans that are probably getting on his ass all the time. And so you've got to give him the credit for that. And you've got to, I think you've also got to give the front office a lot of credit for sticking with him and believing in him. And, um, you know, whether they choose to, even if they did choose to trade him, guess what? They were right because they're going to get, they're going to actually get shit for him if they did trade him out. Whereas in the summer, all the reports indicated that like you probably would have had to attach something to it.
1: So, Their bet was basically, in my eyes, like they could have cut loose. Some people would have faulted them. Other people, like us, (laughs) maybe wouldn't have. No, I would have praised them for it. Yeah. And the reason is you think that the odds of salvage, quote unquote, are low enough that it is more probable that you'll have a, you'll be better situated, like short, medium, long term, whatever, with whatever. Whatever you got, whatever situation resulted from cutting bait, and Fun Office decided maybe because they have faith in Julius, maybe because they didn't like the offers that were out there for him, maybe a combination of factors. They decided that the odds of him fixing whatever was going on, you know, between the ears, coupled with other adjustments like changing his shot chart and, and getting a player like Jalen, who really, really helps. Julius out a ton. Um, that that put the odds of him having a bounce back, whether it's to keep him or to trade him, like you said, were better than selling low, and they took that bet and they made it. And I'd actually argue that that's probably the biggest bet that they've had. We've we've talked a lot in the off season, particular when we had nothing to talk about for like ten thousand months, except for fucking <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. That. We kind of just wanted them to you know, Knicks fans are itching for this front office to take a big swing, right? Like trade up for your guy or bitch for Donovan Mitchell and trade four picks for DeJounte Murray or whatever other bad ideas that are circulating on the internet on any given day. Man, if they had DeJounte Murray,
0: they could even be maybe just one game out of five hundred.
1: <laughs> instead of four. Ah, uh, man, that sucks. I don't know what's going on in Atlanta. I love A.J. Griffin. Free him. Get him out of there. <laughs> um, everybody else I don't really care about. But yeah, nah It was, a, like, seriously, them deciding, like, we're going to stick with Julius. We're going to continue to work with him on and off the court. Um, his body, his shot chart, his habits, his well-being, whatever. Like, that shit worked out. So credit to them. Credit to Julius for buying in. Um, it that That's a big fucking... That's a big fucking gamble, and it worked it's a big out. Big investment,
0: and
1: it, yeah. And and I, they had invested in him, which is certainly mm-hmm. a factor in them being like, no, we're not gonna cut bait so soon, right? We just pay this motherfucker, right? Like, <laughs> it's easy for us to be on these podcasts and be like, nah, light your money on fire, you fucking billionaire loser, or whatever. But, um, not that it's Leon Rose's money; it's Mister Dolan's money.
0: But that's that makes it even harder that's that's the point. Because yeah, you have to yeah. go to that guy and be like, "Hey, sure. so you remember that big contract we signed? So funny thing about that contract is it's underwater now. So <laughs> hear me we, out. yeah, we want to trade a for, loss. <laughs> yeah, we want to trade for Davis Burton, so you probably have never heard of.
1: <laughs> remember the last Latvian? <laughs> Not the same, I promise <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I, and Jeff, you know,
0: I, I don't remember. I, I think, I mean, look, I think it's safe to say you and, I mean, I would guess we're on the let's trade Randall bandwagon. Yeah, I've been on that band. Yeah. I was on that bandwagon at the end of last year. I was on the bandwagon all summer. Um, I was on the bandwagon probably, shit, I think they were like, I think they were probably Are you, are you off of it?
2: Are you off it right
0: now? I, I don't know where I'm. I'm on like the, I. I've been on the don't. I wouldn't trade him right now during okay. the season bandwagon because I think okay. I think like, look, the, At the beginning guys playing- of the
1: season on the pod, you were saying like two, two months ish was like your benchmark before you would consider like not trading, but just like, Oh, this is a thing that's for real. And we're here about three months out. So, you know, that like the last month, he's been hooping and now it's you're right. Like on the pod, what have we been saying? It's like, okay. Let's see where this goes. This, yeah, this seems I, to be working. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess where I'm at is, look, he's playing well. And most importantly, right now, look, the OB stuff is annoying. And it is what it is. But, like, if... That's, only... a, that's such
2: a shit thing to say, too, isn't it? Like, it is what yeah. it is. Like, it's almost like what every fucking beat writer has been saying in Tibbs' defense about anything Tibbs does. is like, it is what it is. It's Tibbs. You know what I yeah, mean? like... like... That sucks. It
0: it does suck because I actually think, like, look that you see that fucking step back three he hit today, and it was amazing. and and I'm just like, are we sure he can't play the fucking three in this league with the way? And what about
2: when he caught that
0: like full
2: core, yeah, bomb, and he just did a behind the back touch, like, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like like, he finished it too. Yeah, I I don't know how you can look at a guy like that and be like, there's no way he can only play the four, especially again, like. With the way this league is going, but what I was going to say, if if our biggest issue
1: with Tibbs this year, he played Julius at the three. Yeah. He was defending Jason sure. Tatum half the time anyway. Right? Yeah. It's, well, it's all... a question of who plays who on defense. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: all I'm saying is like, if that's our if our biggest issue is just that one thing, but like the vibes around the team are good, and yeah. a guy like Quickly's playing a lot, RJ is yeah. playing a lot, Grimes is starting, um, Mitch is when he's obviously healthy, he's playing a lot, Sims is and. This is my thing with Sims. People were like, well, "Well, he's never going to play. He's never going to play." And it's like, "Dude, guys are going to get hurt. He's going to Especially gonna Mitch. <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah. like Mitch got hurt. He played. Seven,
1: seven footers <laughs> get hurt.
0: Yes. Yeah, what OB, happens
1: on Earth forever? Obi got, <laughs> OB
0: got hurt. Sims played. Like right. he, he was always going to play. So you're and Deuce is playing now. So like, yeah. all all your young guys are playing. They're in the rotation. Randall's playing well, and like we talked about, he's playing like a leader. So I guess right. where I'm at is, just like, I I don't even if you want him to be traded, I really think at some point you have to look at this and be like, okay, but it's not ridiculous that they're not going to trade him right this minute, you know? Um, And it's like, you know, like anything, you can disagree with somebody's decision. It doesn't, but you you should also be able to understand, like, if that decision is logical and has valid reasoning, logic, whatever behind it. And I, I don't know how you could look at Randall right now and be like well the front office if they don't trade him for the deadline they have no idea what the fuck they're doing like that—that's so that's where I'm at with it Jeff
2: yeah his on court and off court demeanor this year has been like a complete basically 180 of what it was last year and as you guys have been saying you know kudos to him you know kudos to the front office for and the organization for actually like you know, investing in their investment. Um, And it does show that they, you know, Julius has been kind of that number one guy, you know, 1A from since he signed with us. And then Brunson, I think it's, he's, we're very lucky. Randall and Tibbs are very lucky that Brunson is as like, as good of a teammate as probably as you can have. Like, like no ego willing to share the ball, willing to share the glory, like the quotes, what, what have you. So I think that helped. And I didn't realize before we, again, I was against signing Brunson. I could care less for him at the time uh, in the off season and Randall, I wanted to get rid of, I, like, you know, for a bag of chips that didn't matter and like a first round pick or something, <laughs> but like, so just to see this all come together, I agree with you. I would not want to get rid of them. I think the vibes are good. When Mitch is healthy and we have the starting five that we have, I, I think it does work really well. Quickly has to continue to get 25 plus. Uh, the OB thing, it's so, I don't know, it's just so strange and ridiculous. I can't wrap my head around it. The idea that he just plays the back of four, can't even get three minutes, can't even get five. He was a fucking big man, you know, when he played in college. He's done everything that has been asked of him. It's like, oh, you don't know how to shoot a three. He's learned how to shoot a three. Oh, you don't know how to box out and rebound. He's a lot better at that this year, too. You don't know how to defend. He's way better at defending. still not that great, but, like, like when's he gonna get his fair cut and his, you know what I mean? So, I feel terrible for Obi, but, like, see, in 16 minutes, I was so happy, like, like that was the first thing I checked after the game, was, like, see how many fucking minutes he got, and he was 16. Like, what did he get the other night? 10? And he was 4 or 5 with 11? Like, that yeah, shit was and, nuts.
0: And also, like, this is just why I don't know, we'll, we'll probably talk about this later in the pod, but, like, I'm really not interested in using him in a trade right now. Like, cause he's just not going to be worth anything. And, right. and he's good. Like I would much rather, even if he's only, if, if you told me the rest of the year, he's going to get 16 minutes every single night. I would be like, okay, I wish he played with more, but I'll take that. I'll be like, you're, okay, you're like,
1: probably gonna like 16 minutes from someone as good as him. Like uh, we talk a lot. Uh, I shouldn't say we, Prez talks a lot about Chris Duarte, right? I like Chris yeah, Duarte. Yeah. He's I like the idea of Chris Duarte more yeah. than I like actual Chris Duarte so far. You, but... you
0: feel you feel some some kinship with Chris Duarte. I do, Chris Duarte. I do, I
1: do, I <laughs> do. And it's New York connection, exactly. And we like the same foods, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... With, uh... exactly. <laughs> but like, say you get like, yeah, I'll take. 16 minutes of Obi over 20 minutes of Chris Duarte or 22 minutes or 25 minutes because Obi's probably on the whole better even if there's a little bit positionally a less clean fit like talent and production still trumps that when you're talking about a bench unit especially so um, and if you just think about like at first I was pretty confident they would end up trading him but this front office really hates trading low, so I don't know. I, also, I don't think they like. Again, I also don't think they like
0: trading their guys. Like,
1: yeah, OB they bet is, on them. They like yeah, betting OB, on them.
0: OB is their guy. Quick is their like. Look, oh, yeah. were they willing to trade quickly for Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, but they's different. That's the and, and they superstar. also and they and they also clearly never treated him in that thought process as like just a, a thing right like oh we're just like he's just something you have to put in the deal that no iq actually carry low, is supposed
1: to lower the price of the rest right. of the deal yeah.
0: right right so like it's so like like they like they didn't just they even like they didn't trade quick they didn't trade grimes right grimes was a legend i mean we know the reporting was not exactly accurate but like grimes is untouchable and honestly i'll tell you this like i know people will probably not like this there'll be people that <laughs> don't like this but like it's kind of why when like I'm thinking down the line of like, how are we going to get star X or star Y or whatever? I always am of the opinion that like RJ is probably the most likely guy to get traded because technically he's not their guy. They inherited RJ, right? They inherited RJ. They inherited Mitch. I don't think they dislike those guys. That's not what I'm saying, but I don't think they, they feel the same way. Like, and this is maybe a dangerous thing. Like, cause there are front offices around the league that have gotten in trouble with stuff like this. Uh, most famously, Portland with Neil O'Shea, where like he just would never trade CJ McCollum, no matter what. Um, like, if you like, it's good to have faith in your guys. You also have to know when to pull the trigger. But I do think rightfully so far they have not been willing to just trade the guys that they have picked. Um, we even had the report from Cats right that like they don't really want to trade Miles McBride right now. And I know a lot of people saw that and were like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Uh, look, he played a great defensive game yesterday. What that I, means is they don't
1: want to like like people. People just I don't know. Maybe people don't know fundamental reading, but like they, that just means they don't want to give him away. And also, like <laughs> obviously, if somebody was like right now, I'll give you an unprotected first round pick with Miles Bridges. I promise you, fucking Brock Allen would sprint, sprint to whatever city right. was offering that and. Just ink, write the contract in pen on yeah. or blood or whatever yeah. the first available material.
0: Yeah, like, and, and I guess like also, it's one of those things where it's like one Deuce is not right now. If you put him in a trade, if you're like, yeah, we'll give you Deuce McBride, the other team is going to be like, cool, okay, Fine. like <laughs> we that does nothing for us, but thank you. Um, but like, like they so they they definitely and we 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 also heard a report earlier in the year right where it was like. People there are people in the front office that wanted to see Sims get minutes, and it's like Sims was their pick. So it's like you're getting all like all, all of these reports about all of the guys they've picked. Have been like they love these guys, they love this guy, and and now not only are we getting those reports, but they're actually showing it with like the rotations that are being played. So, um, yeah, like I, I think with OB, like I'm, again, like I know we can talk about the OG and an Obi thing. We'll talk about that later, but like. <laughs> I'm not really interested in including Obi in a trade for OG Ananobi. I'm not really interested in OG Ananobi as things stand. Um, but before we talk about OG Ananobi, let's talk about a little bit more about the current Knicks, especially tonight's game. Uh, I want to get this out of the way. I thought Jalen Brunson had a really good second and third quarter. I thought he was pretty awful in the fourth, all across the board almost. Um, well, not defensively. Defensively, he was fine. But offensively, thought he played a miserable fourth quarter. Uh, shot clock violation.
2: Bad had crunch time possessions again.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, and they slowed it down. Tibbs, he got done in by himself and by both coaches. (laughs) Tibbs Tibbs doing the prevent offense doesn't really, it doesn't help when another team knows how to take advantage of it. And you saw today what the problem with that is. Boston's a team that can throw a lot of health defense on you. And they have, have, what did they do? They put Jalen Brown on him. And, you know, Jalen Brown's not going to make all defense, but he's relatively quick on his feet and he's fucking six foot eight or whatever. So that's just... Well, they
0: they did. they Tibbs did make one one slight adjustment to that. Uh, he started having Randall screen for him instead of Sims, which was like it was funny to me because I'm like, this is probably like one of the few teams where it's like, okay, so you, you want Horford now in the action instead of Robert Williams? Are we sure that's like much better? Like, is that actually better at all? Um, but like, whatever, like, I don't want, oh, I'm. I'm just, I don't want, I'm, the vibes are good. I'm not going to shit on I'm.
1: We all I know. Horford, I mean, few- Horford, Horford, Horford's PEDs have worked miracles, yeah. but I give me Horford <laughs> 10 times out of 10 over like Rob Williams is that guy is like, so he's, I, I'm always so impressed when I watch him like physically and athletically, he's, he's got such he's such a fast jumper. Like Sims, when he jumps, jumps like 10,000 feet in the air, but it takes him like, two seconds to charge up and Robert Williams just like, he'd just be chilling. And then all of a sudden boop, he's like 10 feet in the air. And I'm just like, when the fuck did you get here, bro? And it's so, this is why he's such a good help defender, but Horford, like Brunson was looking at him like food, definitely. But yeah. the Celtics had very good help defense, fortunately. Yeah. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, and all, all I'm going to say about the end of the, I really don't want to harp on that game stuff. Cause you talked about it fucking 6 billion times. Tibbs is gonna do what Tips does. We all have our opinions on it, whatever. Um, but like, as the point guard, I need Brunson to be better. I need him. Like, yeah. you cannot dribble out of fucking possession, dude. That, like, I don't care how shitty the play is that Tibbs is drawn up. You can't fucking do that. That's ridiculous. And I'll say that. And and to anybody that is like, like the people that will just be like, "Well, Brunson's so good," blah, blah blah. And I don't disagree with that. But you know, those same people, if that was RJ or quickly, they would. Fucking kill them. They would fucking slaughter them for that. So, no, Brunson doesn't get a pass just because he had a great, nice, flashy 29 points. He did. It took 25 shots. It wasn't. A I'm bad. a
1: little more okay with that versus teams where he has more mismatches. And it's just because he depends so much on, like, oh, I'm going to reset for myself. Oh, I'm going to okay, reset I, for myself again. Like, I, I yeah, if you have I'm some like mid ass dude on you, that's okay. But if you have Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or Derek White or Robert Williams, like, it's gonna be tough, bro. Just bend the defense and then pass the ball. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's or or at the end of the day, you, you yeah maybe should do that. But at a certain point, you just got to get the shot up. You got to get a shot up. That's your yeah. that's your that's like the, the one thing you cannot do at the end of a game is take shot clock violations because it's the, it's literally the worst possession you can have. Right? Like you okay maybe not the worst because you milk the clock, but you're literally not even giving yourself the opportunity to get points on the board. To yeah. see out a game, it, it's the worst outcome sure. you can possibly have. Um, he
2: he's got to be plans. better than
0: that. Yeah. He stopped it's, like a, it's like
2: an own goal. And They did two of them. They did two yeah. of yeah. them.
0: And, yeah. And, the, and the ones. one on Randall was terrible, too, because, like, uh, again, not we can talk about Tibbs' bad you know, play design. You got to have clock awareness. You have and not just that, awareness. Randall was literally at the top of the key, middle of the fucking floor. They, he's like, there's, you can't. I was looking at the play and I'm like, I was like, am I, because we've seen Randall dribble out shot clocks before right but in my head I'm like watching this play and I'm like no no he he knows like he's he can see it it's right in front of him and then it like got to like three seconds and I'm like oh my god he actually has no fucking idea how much time is left in the shot clock he dribbles it out they don't get a shot up but like like that's gotta be better I, I know there'll be people that are gonna like kill Grimes for missing three open threes like I don't really know what he's supposed like, to kill him he's gotta
2: make those well Shit, I, I, get wide that. Open. I get I get <laughs>
0: I I get you got to make them, but it's like... Make one. Shit. But, like, what can I do for... Like, it's not like he's taking a bad shot or he's forcing up bullshit. Like, yeah, he's got to make one of those shots. But it's also, like, I would bet that if you run that same scenario 90% of the time, he's going to make at least one, probably two, maybe all three. Um, So, like, it is what it is. But um, I I just wanted to touch on those fourth quarter
1: offensive we, thing really quick. It was quick so weird. It was a weird And, 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 and earlier, it, happened,
0: it happened in overtime, too. So, like, it extended a bit. And to be quite clear, like, I mean, the, the Knicks, look, it's 115-110. I think the Knicks missed a shot. So Boston has a chance to even push the lead out further. Yeah, very and at lucky. that point, I'm sitting here like, man, this was going to be such a fun pod to do, and now I'm going to pissed
1: fucking Yo, on top of that, you know what else was weird in the fourth quarter? And I wasn't going to tweet this because I didn't want to put this energy onto the internet, but we won now. So, fuck it. This was the first. <laughs> I, I think the refs made up for it after, but this was the first You got a good whistle. I, no, I, not just a good whistle. I saw two two horrendous. If I was a Boston fan, I would be fucking furious. That weird. I thought my computer fucked up. Like that Jalen Brunson. Just They didn't call the travel. It like, wasn't a travel.
0: It wasn't a travel. Like they, they showed the replay. Derek White. Oh,
2: it. oh, I saw the replay. I, thought he I caught I, it and then dropped it and then caught it again. I, 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 I saw the replay. It didn't I, look like Derek White hit it, but maybe I, I wasn't I thought, really watching.
0: I don't know. On the TNT yeah. broadcast, they showed it again. It looked like it looked to me that White got the ball, and the okay. thing is, White didn't even complain about it. Yeah, so I mean, I'm if he got, if he got the ball, yeah, that doesn't then, happen, then that's yeah. not a
1: travel. Yeah, and then and then yeah. the Hartenstein put back that was just like half the ball was over the cylinder. Which yeah. random tangent, like. It's not on my top five rule changes, but the NBA should go to FIBA goaltending rules. That's yes. That's, I don't know yeah. if that's a hot take, but there you go. No, it's not. It's um,
0: but yeah, like I, I just thought so, whatever. Like they, they so found they, a way so to win. They, like
1: to just continue on what you were saying, like they had two shot clock violations. They had just, the, just brain farts on dribbling the clock out. They had several, They had players. like three
2: straight fouls in like a minute. Yeah, well, one of them was
0: ridiculous. He he got he, like he got anything. called for a foul because Tatum drove, and he, I, I I just got to throw got I got like I got to get this off my chest. <laughs> Jason Tatum gets the most that he gets that call all the time, and yeah. I'll never understand it. I'll never understand it because it's like I can understand not calling anything. I'd be fine with that if you don't want to call anything. I'm fine with that. How on earth you can call that a defensive foul? I will never understand it. He's driving. He extends his fucking elbow into, like, Julius's neck. How is that? Like, what is Julius supposed to do? Like, make his neck disappear? What the fuck? Like, it's, it's bananas to me. I couldn't believe that call. And, he, and it's not just because he gets that call. He got that call tonight. He gets that call all the fucking time. And it drives me absolutely crazy. He uses his off, like, he uses his off arm more than a fucking running back does stiff-arming guys in the NFL. It's crazy. He did it last year. He had one on RJ too, where he's like, like, and it's not just one, he'll just get his chicken wing out there and he's just throwing it like two, three times on a drive. It's, it's absurd. I don't know how he gets that call. I don't know why he gets that call. And it actually pisses me off even more because I've seen RJ do the same exact thing. And they call that an offensive foul on him all the time. And like, the I, NBA okay. is
1: super inconsistent with off. I'll never stuff. get it. I'll with, never get with, it with RJ and Julius. It's, it's often just, in It's charge. Tatum,
0: it's because Tatum's light skin. That's what it
1: is. Sg S- 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 SGA is probably the only more egregious off arm shanker in the league. And with him, he doesn't draw fouls. He just completely fucks you over, and they just don't call anything. <laughs> well,
0: it's 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 also like it's more understandable to me with SGA because he's built like a fucking bird. Like Tatum's. <laughs> big, dude. Like, he's not a little guy. He's fucking towering. over actually, RJ. I actually
1: thought about that today, because, yeah, when they were, um, when him and RJ were standing next to each other, Titan used to be skinny, and now I was sure. like, oh, like, their arms are right next to each other, and I was like, oh, he's, like, pretty much just as jacked as RJ and a little taller. Like, that's significant. Yeah. He's not as, like, thick through the chest, but yeah, he's no, not skinny he's, no more.
0: Yeah, his, his, he's still got the weirdest, like, his body is, like, it's big, And then it narrows down like this, and then it's like he's like a
1: weird pelican or some shit. I don't know. He's
0: like a flamingo, like
2: like, toy,
1: like. (laughs) (laughs) But like, Uh, so yeah, a lot of weird stuff in the fourth quarter, and then we had a couple of like, like, it's so fun. One, one funny. This is what got me so mad at Sims, but on the one hand, it's hard for me to like. I was mad in the moment, but like, so Sims had a couple of possessions where. He uh did the thing where he just boxes the Hartenstein special where he just boxes, 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 and then forgets to actually get the ball.
2: Looks at like, the ball.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, bro, just, just get the fucking ball. But like, yeah. I think that a lot of that is training, weirdly, because the Knicks have like a rebounding scheme for the most part where the centers box the biggest dudes and then everybody else, like, either box your guy or if, especially if you're the power forward, go get the ball. So he, but at that point, I'm like, yo, this ball fucking bounces in front of you go get that shit. And then he had a couple of other plays where he just got sunned by various Celtics who just, like, moved him out of the way. And I'm like, bro, what are you? A fucking shooting guard? What the fuck is the point of having these Superman muscles if you're gonna... At least Hartenstein would just be doofy and in the way, not just get shoved into the first row.
0: Uh, I don't know. Hartenstein might get shoved into the first row.
1: Hartenstein just would not know how to, like, move his arms and just, like, fumble around. But he wouldn't, like... You see get, but, like bodied but, by fucking a small forward. Okay. Like no, him, I've definitely seen
0: hardenstein get bodied by a small forward. Get the fuck out of here. Yes. Um, but like, no, like Simps okay, Sims Sims Sim,
1: Sim has so many possessions where
0: I think you're way he... too hard on Sims. So I'm just gonna throw that aside. I think you're like I think you've got some weird thing with him where you've just decided like it's everybody likes him too much, and so because everybody else likes him too much, you're nip this is he was a he, he, he is starting a game against the best offensive team in the league, okay? He is in a lineup where two guys, at least for the first half of the game, didn't seem to care much about defense in terms of Brunson and Barrett. Uh, he's playing against one of the best offensive rebounders in the league in Robert Williams, okay? Robert Williams had five offensive rebounds tonight. Great dandy. Um, the Celtics had 16 offensive rebounds on 59 shots. You take that on a given night. Uh, like this, especially without Mitch. Sims had ten defensive rebounds. I thought for the most part he did, it, especially after the first three. He was minutes fine. Him, he
1: just did. He, he, was, just, he was. He fine. was fine. He, he good. He wasn't fine. He was good. He like, was. He was good he was at the good. stuff he's normally good at, and he was shitty at the stuff he's normally shitty at. Rim protection. But like, you don't like. What is like? We know that he's not good at rim protection.
0: Sims is not good at defensive rebounding. Sims like. There's all these different things that like guys aren't gonna be good at. You he. Help them win this. Ba- they don't win this basketball game without him. They don't. They don't he, win this. Basketball game. He was fine. He was, this- fine. he was fine. I'm just saying. Game? I'm
1: just saying. In the fourth quarter, he had a bunch of instances where he was worse rebounding than normal and worse rim protecting than normal. I don't That's agree actual- with
0: that. I've seen. I've seen Mitch play awful in the fourth quarter again in, in exactly the same ways. In exactly, I've seen teams get layup lines on Mitch in the fourth quarter, and it's not because Mitch is bad. It's because if a team goes five out, it's really fucking hard as a center. No, I'm talking to-
1: about. I'm talking about possessions where Sims is literally under the hoop, and he just, there's nothing, like, he doesn't impact it because he doesn't jump. I, Can you I, jump? You I have a 40-inch vert. Can you I jump? understand that, but part why of that is also... Jump? Can you tell me why he doesn't jump?
0: I think he didn't jump because he was trying not to commit fouls. That's what I 100% think he was doing today. Because they were in the penalty,
1: because Julius randomly started getting called for whatever bogus bullshit. If you're not going ju- to jump because you're afraid of getting fouls, don't stand directly under the hoop. Because then you might as well be a cone. You're just, a fe- you're, you're three feet away from being a cameraman. Like, like, that's my thing with Sims. Like, if you're gonna, if you know I have foul trouble and I can't jump and I can't be as aggressive, then you have to plan for that. You have to plan for that. And he doesn't do that.
0: Yeah, he needs fucking reps. Like, yeah, he has he to does. play minutes. So what the fuck are we talking about? You're acting like he's some experienced center Who's in his fifth year in the league that's continuously making the same mistakes? No, he he's twenty-four, the, the same
1: age as all our seconds. He
0: wasn't in the rotation. Don't, don't give, give me the age thing. thing. Don't give me the age thing. Get Why the fuck not? out of here. Why not? Because you know it's not the same thing. You know it's not the same thing.
2: You so think I can't it's con- the same
0: thing for him to be twenty-four and be a second year player in the league, doing whatever the fuck he was doing in Texas, as it is for Isaiah Hardenstein, and what is it, his fourth year in the league? It's not exactly Mitch, the same, 50. but it, but it's he's had enough same. time
1: he's had enough time in the league to know. How many minutes should- has he played in the league? Has all he I know, a minutes? all I know is a primary responsibility of centers is to jump to defend the hoop. So use your verticality, jump. particularly if at you're it. athletic. There was a lot of times where he didn't jump.
0: Yes, he's again. How many minutes do you think he's played in his career so far? I don't know. One thousand fifty-seven minutes. You're trying to tell me that he should have fucking have all this shit down that he wasn't. We knew he wasn't good at this stuff when he came in the NBA.
1: Right. I'm sorry, maybe he, in the next thousand minutes he'll learn to jump to contest baskets. And he won't have the you no. no, no, won't have the you're, same you will have rim protection you're stats picking, as Andre you're Drummond. You're
0: picking two or, like instances you remember of him not doing it, and then you're saying he didn't do it at all the entire game, which is absurd. I didn't I, did, I really didn't say did. Did. I didn't there there I did multiple not possessions say that. I said
1: specifically in the game. fourth quarter he had a lot of instances where he didn't jump. That's literally what I said. I said he, he I, first, first of all, I said he didn't, he even, I didn't even watch the first quarter. I told you that. That's why I said he's probably fine for the game. I'm just talking about the fourth quarter and overtime.
0: Yeah, I, and I don't agree. I think he did. I, did he have possessions where he fucked up? Yeah, of course he did. I'm not going to deny that. But he also had possessions where he impacted plays around the rim, and he got key defensive yeah, he, rebounds. He
1: did, he did some good rebounding, except for when he didn't.
0: No, but look, Fox, Jericho, Sims, and we don't even talk about him anymore. Uh, I do want to talk about RJ Barrett who I thought had a very interesting game, maybe the worst. I mean, he played the worst defensive first half of anybody else in the team. His offense wasn't much better. His offense didn't really get much better throughout the game, but his defense in the second half, I thought was legitimately good. Uh, I thought he played, he did well on Jalen Brown throughout the second half. Jason Tatum's just a tough cover for him and really for everybody on this team. Everybody in the league. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, other than Randall, Randall was great on him. But other than that, everybody else just, you know, he, he struggled with him, And it happens. He didn't, I, I, like, you want to talk about Jericho Sims, like, probably the one play where I was genuinely like, what the fuck are you doing, was that out-of-bounds play with, like, 25, 24 seconds left or the
1: fuck? It what was. happened? Because I wasn't uh, watching with announcers, and I was very confused.
0: I don't, I, I'd have to go back and look at it, but it looked like, so they ran a pose. they ran the inbound to Jalen Brown about 20 feet away on the wing. And then Robert Williams moved away from the hoop. And I feel like Jericho thought maybe he was going to go screen for somebody. So he started following him. And like, oh, oh, I remember. I remember. Yes, yeah, yes. And then as soon as that happened, like Jalen Brown yes. just spun baseline, gets to the
2: fucking head. Went hoop, right to the hoop. And, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and he, got the, he got a layup. And I, that was like the one play where I'm like, that's to me, that's like, that's a play where it's like, that's you not understanding the game situation time score whatever uh, more and that's i'm speaking about jericho sims i don't know can rj do better there maybe but i just think that was a nah, you, yeah you
1: just you need two people to cover tatum yeah. in, in that situation or brown it was Brad, oh, brown but yeah, same, yeah same shape yeah. i mean yeah <laughs> um
0: but but overall i thought he played a good defensive second half and um look he makes the biggest three of the game in overtime right in front of the celtics bench hits two huge free throws after that which they didn't ice the game, but at least in your eye head, I was like, Well, I was nervous as fuck, bro. <laughs> I was like, Well, at least we can't go to at least we can't lose it here. Uh, we might like, go to double. That's a time. big we difference in stress levels, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're I like, like, I might I mean, not
1: die today. That's that's solid,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to talk about it because, like, look, I've you know, we've talked about. Brunson has tunnel vision sometimes, right? Like RJ has the most frustrating tunnel vision to me on the team because he's not like with Brunson and Randall at times, it's really frustrating. But I'm also like, I can kind of understand why you guys shoot as much as you do because you're just like really talented shot makers from multiple from levels off of the dribble,
1: right? RJ, it's and like, RJ d- you're not gonna take a fadeaway, bro, pass the yeah. fucking ball,
0: <laughs> right? And, and honestly, the biggest, most annoying thing to me was like that game last year against Boston where it's that ridiculous game winner. What people forget is he had a terrible game and he kept forcing shots up at the rim over uh, Robert Williams who blocked him, I think like four or five times. There was even a part of that game where Stan Van Gundy made a joke and he was like, he's like, Oh, you know, uh, I think they say something like discretion is the better part of valor. And he's like, I think RJ Barrett might need to be using a little bit more discretion Uh, On some of these drives. And it's like he did the same thing today where he's forcing up these contested layups at times with like Robert Williams just sitting there under the rim. And it's like, dude, I get when you do that on like 90% of centers in the NBA because you're just like jacked and you can. But Robert Williams is not 90% of centers in the NBA. He's like, he's like. 1% 1% center, right? Like, there's just not many Robert Williams out there. So, like, he's missing these stupid layups that he's taking. Then he had this drive. The, the one that really fucking pissed me off was in the third quarter. Might have been the early fourth. I'm not exactly sure. He gets a fast break opportunity. He's driving. Tatum is back. He's got Brunson on the trailer wide open. Nobody, Nobody's even close to him. And then he had Grimes on the opposite wing or corner-ish. And, like... He's, He's wide open. on a fast break, yeah. man. <laughs> and, and he just didn't. He just refuses. And instead, he tries to take this like, he ends up having to take this like sweeping hook layup thing over Tatum that doesn't go in. And I'm just like, like uh, those are the plays to me. And I tweeted like the, these type of games where, okay, you take a couple layups start the game and you realize, you know what, Robert Williams is like hanging out here. This is going to be rough. If I keep forcing it up, let me try to like look for other dudes when you don't make that adjustment these are the games that nuke his efficiency and these are the games that like in combination of that with his terrible defensive effort in the first half are the ones where people like kind of lose levity in and in, in analyzing him because like look it wasn't a good game from him and i'm i'm as as bad a game as it was from obviously he ends up making again like the biggest shot of the game and then the two biggest free throws of the game so great but like these like you want it's really frustrating because he's put together a really long stretch of like good offensive play. And so when you get a game like this, the kind of natural inclination is to be like, oh my god, this is it. He's back to being, you know, pumpkin again.
1: But like with RJ, the the frustrating He's twenty two. With RJ, the frustration. Let Let me finish. Just let me finish.
0: All I'm gonna say is like he's twenty two. I get as pissed off about these terrible defensive halves or whatever. I get pissed off about the shot selection, about not passing enough. Like, go look at Tatum's passing numbers, right, throughout his career. It took him, like, four and a half years to leverage the fact that he's this off supreme offensive talent to do more than just score points for himself. Like, Jalen Brown Tatum, still
1: don't do that shit. <laughs>
0: right. It, it takes time it's hard it's and and there's no guarantee i'm not saying that it's a guarantee that rj is going to like eventually balance those things properly but i mean you know this more than anybody as a draft person like all these guys all these things we talk about with players and how they're going to develop and what they'll become like it's it's all bets it's it's all bets on like unknown variable the, the only known variable is the production on the court. But we're not in the fucking locker room. We're not around these guys every day. We don't know their personalities. We don't know what their quirks. We don't know what they're like behind closed doors, how they take advice, all that kind of shit. So, like, at the end of the day, like, organizations have to make bets on these guys. And I'm sorry, like, I'm just, I, I feel like every time he has a bad half or bad game, there are people that are ready to, like, throw him under the bus entirely. And it's like, dude, he's, again, he's a 22-year-old guy figuring out what works and doesn't. And to figure that shit out, guess what? You're going to have shit like this. You're going to have games like this. You're going to have halves like that. Like, you have to be okay with that and and keep moving. Like, fuck, look at at the guy on our team. Look at Julius Randle. Look at what the fuck he was doing when he was 22 years old. You know what I mean? Like, who the fuck, if I told you at 22 years old, Julius Randle was going to make an all-NBA team and be a two-time All-Star probably in all likelihood, you would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, he's going to be like a nice you know, 10-year player in the league, but he's not going to make an all-star team. So, and I'm not saying is going to make an all-star team. I'm just saying we don't know. I think there's stuff that he's developed that's really positive. And yeah, there's stuff that he's regressed at defensively specifically that he needs to get back to being better at and things like rebounding and decision-making offensively that he needs to improve at. But, you know, again, give it time. It's okay. Like, he's not destroying your team as much as people would like to believe that. He's just a guy... You know, you give a guy twenty six usage, might take him some time to figure out how to kind of make that all work
1: optimally. With RJ, the a couple points. One, like I, I think, what frustrates people the most. Well, I won't speak for everybody, but at least for me, it's it's the unforced errors, right? And he's had less of those this year on offense. But the fast break was a perfect example where you just got to know, like, like where where's the logical end point for this, right? Are you just gonna go up versus Rudy Gobert and Brooke Lopez too while you're at it? Like, there has to be somebody who you're just like, I will not I'm gonna lose this fight, they're gonna punch me in the fucking face and I'm gonna get a concussion like, it's not a good idea to fight this person. And it's, This isn't Scotty Barnes,
0: I can't just destroy Yeah, you. exactly.
1: <laughs> right, right. And it's okay, you can, There's Peyton Pritchard is right there waiting for you, like, just give it time and you'll get the ball back and then you'll get plenty of mismatches and drives and all that stuff and, you know, he's he's driving. he's doing those transition things because he's getting his legs back or whatever. So, like, on the one hand, I get it. But you you gotta, he just has to know he's still working on a lot of that reactivity stuff like you mentioned that goes hand-in-hand with passing. And I don't know if it'll ever be there, but, like, on offense, he's... This year, he's taking mostly better shots. Even his layups aren't, like, as annoying. I wish they would go in more, but... He's shooting better on that. You can look this up. He's shooting better on layups by, I think last year he was 46% on layups this year. He like 52% or something and he's shooting better on floaters. So he still has, he still has a lot of room for growth. on his finishing for example, but like if he shoots a little bit better and like, if he shoots like 37% or 38% from three in the second half, like his efficiency numbers will be pretty solid. And like, You look at, I always compare him to the peers who got money the same time as him, right? Tyler Hero and Jordan Poole, who are probably more, a little bit more efficient at offense because of their shooting, but, like, they are also dog shit at defense in a way that is more harmful than RJ. Like, RJ's been bad at defense. Like, I've made long threads about his bad defense, and more than anything, it's frustrating, his defense is frustrating because it's inconsistent, because he can have halves like, the second one, where he's not getting blocks or steals, but he's just being annoying, and he's getting... Cons- he's just bigging in the way. He's bigging in the way. And you know who's never going to be big and in the way of Jalen Brown for a half? Tyler Hero. Jordan Poole. <laughs> There's no universe where, for a fucking quarter, you can put them on Jalen Brown. 27 point per game Jalen Brown. And not get fucking lit aflame. Like... Jalen Brown was
2: awful. He was horrible.
1: Yeah. And the Knicks' help defense in the second half was a big part of that. It wasn't just RJ, right? Like it was always RJ and somebody. Um, like there was a stretch where Sims and RJ had a great. Oh, whoa. whoa! You sure? Yeah, because Sims came because Sims came out on the because Sims came out on the perimeter where he's a uh, where he turns into a superhero. Uh, free Sims, let Sims switch. Moral of the story, um, and then. Uh, who, who else was it? Hart had a call. They were just doing a good job helping on Jalen, probably because he's more predictable than other guys because he doesn't pass. A ton of um, <laughs> yeah, he gets a ton of it. It makes, it. it makes the defense a job a lot easier, and that's why, yeah. even though he's really good, he frustrates Celtics fans, right? You see that shit on Twitter all the time. Like, here we go again, pass the ball, Jalen. But, like, um, no, RJ, he had a solid defensive second half, and with him, yeah. it's just the defense is never – it's never spectacular. It's not the kind of shit you want to tweet a clip about or anything. It's like, oh, he didn't get crossed up. What a great possession. Like, that's actually is a great possession, all right? Like, he stayed with this man, and they missed the shot. Like, the end. So it might not be the most spectacular stretch of defense the NBA has ever seen, but that matters a lot for him. Because if you have a big-ass dude who's solid and then decent at scoring and can hit a corner three... I was fucking flummoxed to see that him along with o g Ananobi are like the leading field goal makers from that corner in the n b a that's crazy yeah yeah from the from the right corner, yeah right i think um as of today i think i think he well i think he made he had the one, but did he have any other corner threes there today
0: uh
1: i don't. No, I don't remember. So I think he might have hit the. I think
0: he might hit both of us from the corner, but I'm not sure if it was the
1: same. So corner. I think OG's up by like one or two now. But it's weird to me to think that just you know we've all been like down on him and he's like the leading scorer from that corner in the NBA. Yeah,
0: uh, Jeff, I want to get your thoughts on uh, RJ too. But before I do that, uh, I do have to make an announcement about DraftKings Sportsbook. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 in the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum aid and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, Yeah, Jeff, look, me and Prez have been talking here for a while. RJ is obviously, I think it's getting to a point where it's a little bit like, you know, it's his fourth year and we all want him to be this all-star and star. And you see, you know, what a guy like Zion has done when he's healthy in his class or John ja Morant or Darius Garland. And it's like, you want RJ to take that leap and get to that level. Obviously, I don't think he's done that yet, but that I feel like the disappointment of, not even necessarily disappointment, but like the reality of where he's at in his career shouldn't take away from the fact that there is development there is progress he is still young and there's plenty of optimism and reason to believe that he can get better even from and and continue to grow so um like i, I don't know are you where are you i mean look we saw watch what rj did today so i guess what did you think about rj's game today and then also just generally like where are you at with him because i feel like i see a lot of people that are, I'm so done with RJ and like, I see every, like I saw I had a few people jump up in my emotions today and be like, oh, well, let, we should trade RJ for OG Obi and I'm just like it, this is just not the conversation really? anybody should be having <laughs> right now.
2: No, um, typical RJ game, right? Or seems like it. Um, I think that's one thing of RJ's that I've noticed since we drafted him and since he's been with us is he'll have a lot of games per year, where majority will be off on the first half, but then turns it up in the second half, or vice versa. Um, I'm not worried though. Like you said, he's young. If he was older, or if he had a couple more years in the in in the NBA, and we're talking about this, but no, I'm I'm not worried about it. Seems like he, he again, a guy like I mentioned, like Obi. He learns something every year that we ask him to, or work on something of of his game, and he does that. So, 22 years old. I've seen enough flashes throughout his career. I've seen how he can handle pressure situations, game-winning shots, clutch shots. So no, I'm I'm not worried. And OG 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 sucks. Though. I don't even know why people sweat him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I my thing. So I'll just my my very basic reason for why it'd be really dumb trade RJ for OB is like RJ's let's, let's just say, I think it's safe to say that the uh, RJ's value on the league right now is probably not like where it could be. It's it's, and it's not at the value that like you would want it to be at if you're trading, whatever. But he signed a what four year, $107 million contract extension that locks him in at a pretty Good number, like a low number, fantastic number. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. uh, you know, like that number would make my life, but in NBA terms, it's a very reasonable contract that's not too expensive. Um, and like if you're trading him for OG, OG is going to get paid in a year, so at the end of the 2024 season. He's going to command more than RJ. It's going to be just, $20,
1: 24, $25, too.
0: Yeah, it's, that's, <laughs> that's the just thing. different. So it's gonna, yeah, it's it's going <laughs> to be a more expensive contract. And I'm sorry, but, like, let's just say, let's go with OG's a better player than RJ. Okay, let's just go with that. Is he, what, if you just swapped those two, two guys, does, is that making either of those teams materially, like, different? Are they, is that changing the trajectory? No, it's not. And at the end of the day, like I think R J at twenty two, I'd rather bet on him improving and especially because of the contract number he's on, than considering flipping him for OG and then having to pay OG because you traded for him and then hoping that you can then trade a higher dollar OG who doesn't have the upside R J does offensively as far as I'm concerned. Um like if you think R J plays with blinders on mother motherfucker like Go go watch OG Ananobi play basketball. That that motherfucker is just out there in Toronto playing prison ball with everybody else on that team, like just fucking running into the running into like opposition defenders sixty times a game. Like, give me a break. That shit is so ugly to watch. I hate watching them play. They play like absolute just like no blood, no foul, fucking ball all all day, every day. I hate them. Fuck them and fuck OG Ananobi. Uh but the point is like I, that's why I wouldn't make that trade. Uh, I don't think it, it makes any sense, and
1: the upside is just too much for people to ignore. Like, I wouldn't even mind trading for OG. I not not trading RJ though because because of that exact reason. Like the thing, and I, it's the same shit I said on this pod before the season started. It's like what RJ has to do to become even right now with his inconsistencies galore. He's still a good contract if he does like any small meaningful improvements in anything else all of a sudden it's like a fucking super steal